interrupt me. That's just the way you make me feel. That's just the way you make me feel. I am jamming. Hello to everyone. Um, the Janelle Monet emotion picture. That whole album has just got me feeling some type of way because next month is Pride Month. And this week is Sweet Heat. So I'm just feeling queer as fuck. And there's a lot of different events and stuff going on here in Miami. And I'm here for it. I'm so excited to just be myself and to be around other women who look like me and love like me. That is, that's something that you don't get to experience all the time. So I'm just lit and I'm here for it. So I'm going to get into what we're talking about today because it's kind of on the same flow. Um, we're going to be talking about something that all queer people deal with when whenever they're realizing that they're queer and um, also something that we're always being questioned about, but it's about coming in. I know that sounds weird because I know you're used to the idea of the whole coming out thing, but I just want to dive into the act of accepting yourself for who you are and the fact that um, you're not obligated to share yourself with other people. Like you, it's not, you're just not obligated to do that. And especially with everyone. So I just think that that, that term coming out is a little bit, um, I think it's too, it's misleading. And, um, I just want to dive into that and talk about that, especially through my experience of coming into who I am and coming into how I love still coming into who I am, but you know, ex really accepting the fact that I love differently than other people. As a queer woman myself, I've heard the term coming out numerous of times. I've also been a victim and bystander to a lot of these intrusive-ass conversations about coming out. And I always hear the same questions. When did you know that you were queer? And who's the man and woman in your relationship? And the unforgettable one is, when did you come out? And the answer is always normally the same is that I was never in. <laughs> and this response is completely understandable because queer people always know that they're queer. Whether we accept it or not is another thing, but coming out is normally associated with the closet. And that's a symbol of denial, where you are in denial or hiding your sexuality from the outside world or wearing a mask. And coming out means that you are stepping out of the closet and taking off your mask. I just want to stop right there for a second because the mask thing is a little weird for me because this idea of wearing a mask isn't just a queer practice, but a practice that most people, especially black people, know very well. Having to turn off your ebonic lingo when you walk into an interview or an office space or even dressing the part at work. This shows that wearing a mask isn't just a comfortability thing, but a necessity for the safety of your life and your job. Everyone does this. Everyone. But sometimes I think to myself, why, why are we consistently saying this whole like coming out thing and alluding to the whole mask on, mask off thing, um, specifically to the, the queer community? 
And to me, like I said earlier, it just seems very misleading because it creates a picture that you are walking into an accepting society where you're going to be understood and welcomed with open arms. It gives off the illusion that walking into this heteronormative society will be freeing, when in all actuality, it can be isolating, sad, and deadly. And honestly, when people talk about the whole idea of coming out, sometimes I, it, I think that it sounds like an entitlement for others to know who you are and to share your otherness with. When the truth is, no one really knows anyone fully, and it's okay to have your own personal boundaries about your life, especially in professional settings. Basically, all I'm saying is that you don't have to share your business with anyone that you don't want to share it with. But let me just say um, that I'm not... I want to make it clear that I in no way condone hiding who you are out of fear because that leads to a life full of anxiety and I would never advise anyone to do that. With that being said, on this episode, we are going to talk about ways to come in to who we are rather than come out. There are some steps that you can take to come in and these are also these are just steps that I took and that I kind of saw other people take. Um, into coming into who they are and allowing others to come into that space as well and to join you in in your like oneness with yourself, I guess. Like most queer people, I've always known that I like both girls and guys. I found myself feeling the same way about some of my female friends as I did about the guys that we would gossip about. And as you can expect, Mississippi didn't have a huge openly gay population when I was growing up, so I didn't really have a name for what I was feeling, which caused me a lot of confusion and sadness at times because people would you know, come to me and ask me, are you gay or say certain things, but I didn't really feel gay. Like I didn't feel like I was someone who was just um, attracted to just the same sex. But I had some clues. My oldest sister was involved with both men and women, but all I heard in reference to her was that word, was the word gay. And my male cousin is also queer, but again, all I heard was the word gay. So this definitely put a halt to me coming into myself because I didn't know what I was coming into. I also knew that I liked women, but I also felt that way about men too. So it was a little confusing, you know? So I didn't fit into any of those boxes. And as a society, you know, we love labels. They tend to make us feel less alone. They give us ways to understand our, ourselves and to understand others. But they aren't always completely necessary because even when I did learn the word bisexual, um, the meaning of it was just really scary to me because... Well, not let me let me take that back. It wasn't even the meaning of what it was because the meaning sounded perfectly like it it fit me and it it sounded good and it felt good, but the way that people perceived it, like the stigma behind it. And I'm gonna talk about stigmas and stuff later too, but the stigma behind um, bisexuality was just very scary for me. Um, even now, it's kind of frustrating to have conversation about bisexuality because people misconstrue what it is, which is why Janelle Monet is perfect for that. I know she um, 
just came out, I think like two days ago, saying that she kind of see, sees herself as, self as pansexual. But I know at one point that she was saying that it was, um, it was the fact that she was bisexual. So even that, like, I'm just happy there's some representation in that to give a, a clear understanding of what it is. And um, <laughs> that whole, like, Rita Ora song, the girl song, that's kind of confusing because everybody on this song is with a guy. Or at least I know Cardi B is, and I know Rita Ora um, is majority with men, and it just seemed like a song that is based around, like, um, oh, being with a woman is so much fun, and it's for the male gaze, and they're going to think we're sexy if we do it, or I'm going to get drunk one day and make out with with this girl, and no one is going to think anything of it, and I'm I'm still going to be able to marry a guy. I'm still going to be able to have my happy family. So Cardi, Cardi B can, to, can come onto this song and talk about how she, you know, would kiss a girl if she's drunk, but she's marrying a man and she's always talking about men in, in interviews. And I'm not saying that if she marries a man doesn't mean that she's not queer. Cause again, I'm bisexual. So if, if today I decided to break up with my girlfriend and get with a guy, that doesn't mean that I'm not bisexual, but it just seems a little weird for me for her to always talk about men in, in interviews and, and never bring up the fact that she's actually into women to talk about her relationships with women too. But I digress. <laughs> That's on something else. Anyway, step one is necessary. Coming into who you are is necessary. Like, not trying to find a box to fit in. And it helps, but it's just not that necessary. Accept yourself for who you are. Your sexuality or identity don't have to be an either or. There are, there are plenty of room for gray areas. Just be you. Nothing is wrong with you liking both females and males, or there's nothing wrong with you identifying as either sex or not identifying with any of them. There's nothing wrong with you liking sex, not liking sex. Like, it's just nothing wrong with it. And luckily now we do have a lot more um, inf information and the LGBTQ community is growing a lot. So there's a lot of different acronyms and a lot of different groups that do identify. So right now I think it's really easier to figure out who you are, um, just looking it up online and reading more about it. But just in case there's not an acronym for you yet, it's okay. It's all right to make up your own. Because I know sometimes I feel weird being the only different person in the room, but there's no reason to police or condemn yourself for something that you can you can't control. You just it's just out of your control. Plus being different isn't a bad thing. I've always liked eating pickles with hot chips. And that's my shit. And people think that's country as hell. And they always look at me weird when I do it. But I enjoy my pickles and hot chips. And I'm gonna continue to enjoy my pickles and my hot chips together. So I think it's delightful. You don't have to be the same as everyone all the time. And it can seem like you're alone, but there's always other people out there that are just like you. I know that you want to explain yourself to others too. Like you want to be able to explain how you feel, but it's okay for them not to understand at this moment. What's important is for you to feel comfortable. It's important for you to understand yourself. So the first step is to any kind of happiness is you understanding yourself and embracing who you are. 
including all the bad and good that comes along with it. And of course, this takes time, especially if your, your family isn't supportive of it and you've already put negative ideas of what it means to be queer in your head. This especially applies for people who grew up in religious homes or in the Bible Belt or in a religious household. You will have to look and think about what it means for you to be like this with your spirituality. And I didn't quite... Did I? I'm trying to be honest. Did I go through that? I think that I, I've, I've had a lot of different phases in my life, especially when it comes to like my beliefs and they're, they're constantly changing. And I think that it's, that's completely fine for you to change. But I do think that um, there was some time that I, I did fight with myself over what it meant for me to be queer and to also be a very spiritual person in regards of me growing up in Mississippi. So that was the hard thing of what it seemed like God would want me to be and exactly who I was and if that matched up, especially if I loved God. But luckily, college college does wonders. I went through a hard time in college, but it does do wonders. It, it really did expand my mind to learn about different religions and stuff. You don't have to go to college to learn about that. You could just easily look it up online. But um, you have to figure that out. That's just your own type of process. And you aren't on anyone's time schedule. Like, take your time and figure it out. Take the time to accept who you are and figure out what that means for you. And love yourself radically because there are going to be people who hate you because you are who you are. So you have to love yourself enough to get through it. Just pretty please, 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 please. Don't drag someone else through this. Don't do it. Don't drag somebody through this romantically. You're, you're only going to hurt them. Like you, you have to figure it out. You have to. If you are not comfortable yet, just don't. And I've met, I've been through a process myself dealing with someone who just was not ready. And that situation just scarred the mess out of me. So take your own personal time. And for somebody who, who knows someone who's not ready, give them time and give them space. Because they got to do that. This is something that you have to do on your own. Of course, like with support of friends and stuff, but mm -mm, ain't none that a boyfriend, girlfriend, ain't none nobody can do for you to help you through that process other than be it for you to listen to. That's it. And once you have come into yourself, next is to decide whether you are ready to allow others to come in too. And you can take your time on this as well because this is an important decision. There can never be expectations. And I say this because there's this is like literally the hardest thing for you not to have expectations <laughs> on this. The last thing that you want to do is to accept yourself fully and someone that you love puts you down or give you a whole sermon on how you're going to hell. But sometimes this is the reality. This is just what happens. You have to walk into situations knowing that it could go bad and it can go good. And of course, we would hope that it goes well. <laughs> it does not go well all of the time. It is not always going to be rainbows and pride festivals. Sometimes your life can be completely changed by allowing someone to know who you are. People be homeless. People get kicked out like things happen your life changes once you allow others to come in 
to who you are. Like once you share yourself with others, it could change your life. So you have to be prepared and you have to know that it's more important for you to be happy and to be who you are than for you to be in a situation where you are being persecuted and ridiculed for something that you cannot change. So you have to be aware of that and know that things can go any type of way. And I'm not saying that to scare anyone. It's just the truth. It's just the truth. I remember my sister and my cousin going through a very hard time with my Southern Christian, weirdly Christian family that I love (laughs) when they decided to let people know who they were. There were arguments and name calling and sadness and disappointments and fear and it was just a lot. But now they are able to share their lives with us. They're they're able to allow us in to their amazing lives because we went through that and everybody has accepted that this is what it is. We are able to like actually know these people and to love them. I didn't I didn't really come into who I was till around like 14 or 15 is where I actually really accepted everything. And I didn't have the opportunity to tell my mother, but I, I told my dad in a roundabout way when I was just venting when I was upset with him before he died. Um I was really trying to deal with deal with some issues, but I, I just went ahead and let him know. But I didn't deal with the the backlash. Like I didn't get that other side of actually how he felt about it. But after a while I did let my siblings in, especially my sister, the one who, who raised me. I let her in and I let her know. She didn't she never really said much about it. She never really said a lot about it. It's just never been a huge deal. And of course, that's because I I had a sister, an older sister, and um, a cousin who had been through this already. They had already kind of, they took that L for me, I guess. And they went through all of that and it just made it easier for me to, to talk about who I was. And now I have a girlfriend and I'm, I talk to my sisters about my relationship and I'm able to share that with them and it feels good, but it's, it's not always that, that easy. I literally got the easy way out. I really did. It's not always that easy, but this is why, like I'm saying that you cannot have expectations and you have to practice not only like radical love for yourself, but radical acceptance which is accepting the things that you cannot change and changing the things that you can. And this takes time. This takes time. Um, All of this takes time. And you cannot change. And you cannot change. Like, you cannot change who you are. You just can't. So um, it just takes a while. Everybody has their own pace of understanding things. And as long as you are not being emotionally or mentally and physically abused by by your family or your friends, I think that it's it's acceptable for us to give our family and friends time to adjust and to accept who we are. Because I, I say that my family 
accepts me, but I never really asked them how they felt. And maybe I should do that because to me, it was just like, okay, this is how I am, you know, and you're just going to have to accept it. And this is how it, how it is. But, um, you do, cause you just have to give them time to adjust, adjust to it. And lastly, um, this step is about people outside of your family and friends. And this is the scariest part. Society is scary. It really is. That is this. That's some scary shit. Is pe people are mean. They are really mean and insensitive. At least to me, like that's how I feel. And maybe that's just my perspective. And I'm I'm always trying to look at things from different perspectives. But for me, society is scary as hell. For the most part. You have complete control over what others know about you. And that's through social media. That's through what you tell. Like, you got control over what others know about you. You have a right to share what you want to share or to not share what you don't want to share. But people will always have their opinions. Always. And this is why the two previous steps of loving and accepting yourself and the whole radical acceptance is so important because people will, they, they will tear you apart if you let them. And we have came a long way. The queer community has came a long way. Um, the LGBTQ movement has normalized us a bit, but there are still some pretty hateful people out there, especially towards my fellow colored queer people. So do not feel down or like a failure for not sharing who you are at all times. Like I said, us black folk do it all the time and no, it's not fair, but it's life. There are plenty of black people being murdered daily by the police solely based off appearance, solely based off their skin color. So it's okay to want to stay alive. It's okay to have your privacy. And this is a hard part that people really never talk to me about. Like I never knew what it would be like to, um, I just felt like I was supposed to be myself all the time. You know, I was supposed to be able to share whatever it is that I want to share at all times. And yeah, I mean, that, that sounds good. But I, I didn't understand this when I started working. When I actually started like putting my degree to use and I started to work in the nonprofit sector, I would hear people say things that were highly offensive, like so offensive. And I would have to bite my tongue because I knew how the supervisor felt about the LGBTQ community. And I felt like a coward. I've literally always been the type of person to be vocal and proud to be a queer black woman. And, but <laughs> I just always been like that. And I've always thought that, you know, you should want others to feel comfortable. And I don't know if that's just like a mindset of a, um, of a black queer person, at least 
for me, but like it's like that for me. The the fact is that I feel like I'm supposed to not try my hardest not to offend anybody. If somebody don't like a word that I'm using, if it offends them, who am I to say get over it? Like, no, all I can do is explain intent and then respect the fact that they don't want to hear that word anymore. Like, that's just how I work. But I don't know if that's because I am an other, quote unquote, or what. But that's just how, how I was. Like, that's just how I thought that things were supposed to be. So whenever I got into these these different positions and I'm working at these organizations and I'm really realizing that people are homophobic as shit. Like they are some homophobic people. They really, really, really are. I, I just had this battle with myself over if I'm supposed to speak or not. And as an activist, as a person who, who loves educating people and all of that, like I, I felt like a coward for real, but here's the thing. <laughs> Your girl has been homeless before here in Miami, and, and I wasn't really trying to go back to that, so I was trying to be smarter. <laughs> I at least wanted to have a backup plan, like, you know, look for other jobs before I started speaking out so I wouldn't be on the streets again. You know, life, man, like, you just got to get smarter, and it ain't always about, like, I don't know, like, it. even now I'm having, like, this fight about exactly what it is that I'm saying, because I just wish it wasn't like that. I just wish it wasn't like that. I know of other queer people who work in different areas who deal with, well, with this type of stuff, too, and it's, it's too common. For example, like, queer teachers who hear kids say things like, that's gay, and feel like, they would be exposed to some type of treatment or judgment of others if they constantly corrected them. Like, that's that's crazy. You know, like, you, you got to always be aware and conscious of that type of thing because people can be malicious and mean. So what I'm trying to say is that it's okay to protect yourself. And yes, we have some laws that protect us, but if Black unarmed people are getting shot by policemen without any justice at all. I hardly doubt that my queer black ass would be protected by the law. So, I mean, I'm just saying. You can protect yourself. You don't got to like, you, you don't have to do it. And it's draining. And, and what I can say is if it's bad to where it is draining you, because the first job that I, no, not, that was not the first job. What am I thinking about? The organization that I'm, I won't say what organization it was, but the organization that I was working with, was really bad like it the homophobe homophobia there was really really bad to the point that I became really really anxious like I already got anxiety problems so anytime I inflict like more stress onto myself it gets worse so working there was was too much for me and I eventually left like I didn't leave right then you know and there I didn't 
say, oh, well, you did da 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 I don't got that type of privilege. Like, I, I don't have that to just go off and walk out and, and have still have a have a roof over my head. Like, I don't I don't have that. So, yes, there were little little comments that I said to people who I felt okay with talking to. Like, okay, this is just kind of offensive and whatever. Like, I was able to do that um, in little small ways, but not on the bigger scale of things. And I just want to say it's okay. It's okay to, like, protect yourself. It's okay to protect yourself. It really is. It sucks, but... It is okay to protect yourself. Anyway, don't nobody got time. I'm just thinking about what I just said. Like, don't nobody got time because I keep thinking about how the past Lisa, the the rebel Lisa, the the Lisa who is just fearless feels about that. Like that, accepting that, accepting the fact that. I have responsibilities and accepting the fact that like, don't nobody really care about me like that. Like not, especially at like jobs and stuff. Don't nobody care about you like that. That if, if you make them feel uncomfortable, if you question them, then they will get so offended and so upset that they will fire you. They just will. And that's what makes me upset. I think I'm more upset about about that and it's just like registering in my head how much I have changed over the years and and that's completely acceptable like you get smart and you grow up like you understand that you have to take care of yourself you can't just I mean be out here because nobody got time to get fired nobody got time for that Mm -mm. especially not because I love differently than other people nobody got time for that anyway (laughs) <laughs> I'm about to get off of that. Um, the last thing that I want to say that helped me um, is to find a community. Find your community. You have to find it. In college, I found a community. <laughs> I had to find one. It wasn't too many of us queer people on Ole Miss campus. But, um, well, no, let me, let me not say that. Let me say queer black people, openly queer black people on the campus to form that type of, but I've met some really amazing people in college that helped me get through it. That made me feel like I wasn't as alone in this whole process of um, deciding that I wasn't going to continuously dislike myself because I was different. And I want to thank um, Jeffrey for that. Jeffrey PV, if you're listening to this, one day if you listen to this, thank you so much. Thank you so much for helping me with that process and um, teaching me that I should not apologize for being who I am ever. And it's uh, some other people too, but I don't want to, I don't want to call y'all out and put your name out. I want y'all looking at me crazy. But I'm I'm extremely grateful for finding a community here in, in Miami. And I'm still, it's still like growing. I'm still building to find queer people here. Dre, of course, my girl, Audrey. She's an amazing um, queer woman of color too, who I love so much. And I don't know what I would do without her. 
And I'm extremely grateful for this girl's lunchbox here in Miami, which Octavia and Naja started. That is a whole different thing. And I cannot wait to dive more into conversations with them and to experience more here in Miami with them. Because it's just a group of female queer people. Like, that is, that's everything. That's everything to me. Like, female or female identifying, like, that is, that's everything to me. So I'm so happy that I get to experience these things with you. Tomorrow is an event, and I'm, I cannot wait. <laughs> me and my girlfriend, I, I go into that together. Shout out to her, too, Shamar. Um, and then, like I said, it's Sweet Heat. So Sweet Heat is, is also about, like, women of color, as I said previously, and that's by DJ Dimples. And that's great, too. Like, y'all don't understand how great these things are because in Mississippi, we don't have that. We don't have it. And maybe that's my job. I'm going to do better by helping out my city, Vicksburg, Mississippi. I'm going to do better by doing things there every time I come home because it's needed and I just know how it is. Because these people here in Miami are creating a space for queer people. Like they, that's their whole main entire goal is to create spaces for queer women of color. And that space really did not really, um, I keep saying really, that space didn't really exist here. So I'm, I'm really, really grateful for that. And in Mississippi, there are a couple of people that I know that are tirelessly working to make things better there for queer people. Um, Code Pink is probably the best thing that has ever happened to Oxford, Mississippi. Like, the things that I see on Instagram from Code Pink, how freeing it is, that's crazy. So, Jonathan and Blake, thank you for doing that for them. Thank you for creating that space for yourself because nobody else is going to do it. And you're staying there and you're like putting in that work. I, I wish I could do that. I really, really wish that I could. I, I can't. I know I can. It's just me being honest. I can't for my own sanity. But I am completely in awe of everything that you guys do in Mississippi regarding pride there. Like that's that's amazing. But finding a group of people that make you feel safe and make you feel at home and make you feel like just welcomed is it's important. You got to find people that you relate to. Matter of fact, it's not only important, it's a fucking necessity. It is needed. So find it. <laughs> so it, since this is important, all that I can ask of all my queer people is to create a space for yourself and or a platform for others that are like you. And this goes beyond sexuality. This could be towards anything. Embrace others. You don't have to start a riot and you don't have to protest. Even though, like, I love that shit. <laughs> you don't have to do it. Just do something to make the world a better place for people who are like you. Like, people who are marginalized or people who, you know, who don't really have that type of community. Like, try to... Try to make the community for them. And this is my way of trying to make a community for people that are like me. 
as well because this is what really matters. There could be a little girl somewhere listening and I hope there is and I'm telling them that they are okay, that they're fine, that they're not alone. So just being, you can do that just by your presence, like just by speaking, that's that's powerful. Just be aware of that and, and let others know that it's okay for them to be who they are. So here's to the queers. And I'll throw a special shout out to the Mississippi Sissies. May you continue to come in to yourself, to probably come in to the world and continue to make the world a safer place for others to come in to as well. Thank you so much for listening again to Girl Uninterrupted. I hope you tune in again for the next one. I love you guys. 